Welcome to Something to Marvel About, a podcast where we discuss and dissect the week's MCU releases. My name's English Dave, I'm here with my co-hosts Mercedes and Rocket Mike. What's up, peeps? Hey. What's up? Mercedes, what are you drinking? Stoli and sparkling grapefruit from Whole Foods, so it's like healthy. Oh, is it, but is, wait, is there alcohol in it? Yeah, but it's like zero calorie because it's vodka, and then it's yeah. the Italian soda from Whole Foods, so it's like organic. So we're like, I mean, I don't get the organic part. I just want <laughs> more alcohol. You know? No, I that was the only mixer <laughs> I had in my fridge, so I was like, looks like it's gonna be grapefruit <laughs> soda. So it, was not, it was not intentional. And here's a, a shameless plug talking about alcohol. Uh, one of our one of our nerdies, Rocket Mike. He has an alcohol-based channel. Mike, you want to plug that for a second? I'm just throwing you on the spot. Mike had no idea. I'm, I'm, I'm oh. Throwing him down there. I was I wasn't expecting that, but okay. <laughs> Mike had like the slave eyes, like. Mike's like I do. What's happening? Huh? I have another. I have another channel. I'm, what? I'm allowed outside. <laughs> uh, if you want to check it out, it's on Instagram at Intoxicationist. And I usually post uh, just new, uh, some mostly classics, but some of my own, some twists on classics. Looking into mostly photography, but. Um, Gonna be doing some more how-to instruction videos soon, soon to come. In a nutshell, if you want easy, quick and easy ways to get drunk, check yeah, it out. There you Especially go. I will be one of you. I'll be signing up right after this podcast. So there you go. <laughs> uh, maybe future podcasts we should be drinking one of Mike's creations as we as we talk. I think that's something that needs we to should be. totally do that. <laughs> I don't need another excuse to put an alcoholic <laughs> beverage in my hand, but I mean, if it's a shameless plug for Mike, hey. right, right. it's 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 for the bunch, right? They're for the bunch. Yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway, we're here to talk about One Division episode five, titled "On a Very Special Episode." Dot dot dot. This continues to play with many tropes of TV shows uh, today and from yesteryear. The synopsis is as follows. Wanda addresses Vision's worries when he grows suspicious of the neighbor's strange behavior. I'm going to start with you, Mike. Overall thoughts on the episode. Looking back now from where this episode was based on, a very special episode. It was kind of the 80s version of the uh, content warning that we get now. You know, (laughs) like, you're about to see some shit right now. We're going to go there. Yeah, (laughs) we're going to go some you're gonna cry maybe um <laughs> and that's that's kind of how i was starting to head towards so like okay this definitely took a stronger turn we're starting to reveal a lot more of the cracks and uh this this is starting to phase out of the uh the sitcom dream now and i'm, I'm liking that you know there's there's a lot more shades to this now mercedes five episodes in what do you feel um, I'm that meme of Natalie Portman and, um, which one is this? I guess the last one, Revenge of the Sith, when she's like, Anakin, you're breaking my heart. That's kind of like <laughs> how I felt this whole episode. And those that have watched it, like, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and it's one scene, but all together with my predictions of where I think the show is going, I mean, it's breaking my heart because it's one of my favorite characters, if not both, are going to go through something super traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and now there's kids involved and it's just, you know, we're just going to be more attached. So like I said, it's breaking my heart. For the children. For the children. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love this episode. I continue to love this show. Um, the last couple, of, last two episodes, including this one, have given us more revelations than questions. Even though it has some questions, there's more revelations on on things that we thought or sometimes we realized that we were overthinking certain things and sometimes things were simple, a lot simpler than you realize. 
And I think, you know, these last episodes have really got the casual viewers caught up to be like, oh, I get the show now. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of casual people who get it. Yeah. <laughs> the ones who like sit at the work table when they talk with, about the nerd stuff and they're like, yeah, you know, I know what's going on. And then like, they really don't know what's yeah. going on. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I'm wondering though, like, can you be a casual viewer with this show? I feel like it's... Uh, did you not see everyone's... Kids? reaction I, to episode four when everyone was like episode four sucked and episode four to me did not suck at all because it was what dave was talking about how the mcu does such a great job of like ending all of its mm-hmm. sentences correctly with correct punctuation and grammar because everything fit like it had an answer for everything like it like and mm-hmm. it was either a really simple one or a very well like, drawn out one but mm-hmm. it was basically what you said and everyone was like so mad about episode four and i was like why no, but Mike, mm-hmm. when I say casual viewers, you know, I know a lot of people personally and through the internet who weren't so fond of the first three episodes because they were so focused on the sitcom aspect of it. And so a lot mm-hmm. of people were like, but this isn't the MCU I was waiting on. And I kept on saying, but wait, there's a point to this. Yeah. You know, and I think there isn't an end yet. Exactly. We, like we were three episodes into a nine episode season and people were already like, I don't understand. This is a problem. And, you know, we spoke, on it. we spoke on it in last week's podcast. Mike and I spoke on it. The fact that Agent Wu on the board is writing the same questions that we were asking tells you that Marvel were doing this by design. You know, they wanted you to ask those questions. It's not it's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's only bad if the season ended and nothing was answered. Okay, then we can have a discussion right. about if it's bad. But I also think, you know, I've said it many times, I think a lot of people who are not like as diehard as us, they were watching the first couple of episodes for what they wanted it to be, not for what it was. So they missed a lot of information because those first two episodes have a lot of information. It's just in one-off dialogues and little scenes here and there. And I think a lot of people missed that because they were like, but this is a comedy. This isn't Marvel. And so going back with context, you're like, oh my God, so that's what that meant. And this what that, oh, I see it now. And I think this that show is going to have a lot of that in terms of repeat viewing, giving you more context. Let's go into the episode itself. Um, they grow very fast. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, what are you feeding these kids? Right. Um, Wanda and Vision are trying to uh, put the kids to bed. Moanda even tries magic and it doesn't work, which is an interesting little touch point. Uh, Agnes arrives and for a moment, Vision goes off script and which has Agnes break character for a really creepy moment. All they did was turn off the music. And it was just like, this is weird. This is mm-hmm. creepy. And it was done very, very well, the tone. And then Vision kind of starts to ask these questions. Again, last couple of episodes, Vision's been asking these questions. He notices things. And this is where we get a big moment. The twins grow rapidly. So I'm going to ask you first question, Mercedes. Why do you think Wanda can't control the kids? I've been thinking about this all week. And honestly, I'm really stumped. Like, I don't really know why she can't control the kids, but I think it has something to do with the fact that they have the same power as her. And so it's like, you can't really manipulate something that is a part of you. But honestly, I'm really not, I'm not too sure. Like, I'm kind of stumped. Hmm. No, I, I think, again, I think the importance of the kids, it's going to, it's going to be a reveal as the show goes on, clearly they're important for the children. Even Vision later asks, why are there no other children here? You know, I, I think why she can't control them is connected to why they are there in the first place. There's whoever's in actual charge of doing everything doesn't want Wanda to be able to control the kids. Or like you said, the kids have their own powers and abilities that Wanda cannot control. Mike, I have a question for you. You know, for a lot of the times this past season, we've been sure that uh, uh, um, Agnes is... Agatha uh, uh, Harkness from the comics so we've been convinced that she's aware of what's happening but she has a moment here where she kind of breaks character and she's like 
like, do I go back? Do I do it again? So my question for you is, is this genuine or is she playing a role? I can see her playing a role. You can still be Agnes the Witch and still playing along because I have a feeling she is kind of like, she's almost an agent of her own. Mm-hmm. You know, she is still a character. She knows she needs to play a role. Mm-hmm. She, she isn't necessarily trapped the mm-hmm. way everyone else is mm-hmm. because we've seen already, and obviously we'll get into it, how people are now like hypnotized and they actually have to pop right. out of it. It seems she is the, so far I've been the only one to, and I could be wrong, but at least what I've seen is to be able to go in or out of it. Mm-hmm. She is aware while still being in it, while everyone else isn't aware while mm-hmm. being in it. And in this episode, she seems to care less that uh, when when Wanda and stuff, when Wanda does her magical stuff, she seems to embrace mm-hmm. it. Even when the kids grow, she embraces it all. Yeah. You know, rather than reacting like, whoa, that's weird. It doesn't yes. surprise her either. No. And no. that's also another thing. Mm-hmm. You know? I agree, I agree. Uh, we get another theme song. This time we're in the, I think we're in the 80s and a lot yes. of a lot of influences. Mike, did you catch any of the influences in this time around? Oh man, it was almost frame for frame ripped <laughs> from Family Ties. Right. Like from the drawing to just the clips of them, um, even the song actually mm-hmm. was kind of like pulled right from there. And I actually had to go back and read the lyrics because <laughs> it was kind of like spelling out her story. Just right, right. the story, really. Right, right. Um, but, you know, there's like little spices of uh, growing pains and step by step, um, actually none of which I've ever watched. Obviously, I've heard of all of this, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it was only just came to me that it was actually with Family Ties. So it was the one with Michael J. Fox. And mm-hmm. uh, it turns out, I think like uh, Tom Hanks was actually mm-hmm. and he was doing, well. He was doing that at the same time he was doing Back to the Future. A little fun fact. Right? Yeah. Yep. Um, also, there's a little tease, a little kind of homage to uh, Full House. Which, fun fact, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Olsen, her, her older sisters were famous in that show. And I, I, thought, <laughs> I thought I saw that too, but wasn't, was Full House 90s though? No, that was, was the, they did that on purpose because they yeah. did her hair like they used to do Michelle Tanner's, like oh, baby Michelle okay. Tanner's hair. That's why she had that little messy top knot. Because it was, it was like, the ending. And the overalls. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was the last uh, of, uh, frame, I guess, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, in the intro where they're like in the field the, the the lawn and they're like having a picnic i'm like that's a step. i'm like that's what else you know yeah right right um did you guys notice i liked because the kids aged up in the intro the birthday cake had one to be for five all five birthdays did you notice yep. that mm-hmm. <laughs> i missed that i gotta watch yeah. it again we cut back to uh the after the events of last week monica is debriefed i like when she's introduced to darcy Darcy's like big fan but it's more because she's been watching the show, not a fan of Monica. <laughs> it's yeah, like, I'm yeah, fan of Geraldine. Yeah. <laughs> and I just love, again, everything Darcy's done this these last two episodes. Absolutely great. Absolutely great. We get a little teaser, though, because our comic book fans, if you know, Monica Rambeau becomes a superhero in her own right. At one point, she takes off the mantle of Captain Marvel, but her superhero name is Photon. There's little uh, teasers, or at least fans think that between her coming back with the blip and then Wanda throwing her out with the magic around her, she's going to get powers. We get a little tease on this because she gets scanned by the doctor and the doctor's like, it's blank. You know, and it's like a, just bright light. Maybe it's her powers coming through. We don't know. We don't know. Uh, we get a moment where the briefing, the director, uh, kind of uses oversimplification to kind of 
portray Wanda as the villain. And in his mind, Wanda is a terrorist. And uh, Jimmy tries to kind of like, no, you know, let's, there may be other reasons for that. We also get a, a clip that we didn't see in the movies. This was actually a cut clip from uh, Age of Ultron. Uh, no, from uh, Infinity War or Endgame, I forget. Where Wanda goes to steal Vision's body. So we see a clip of Wanda taking right. Vision's body. That's an interesting move. It said, and we find out that the Accords are still in play. It's a question I've been asking for the longest time. Are the Sokovia Accords in play? And when they watch this video, Jimmy says that goes against the, so the, the Accords. That means they're still in play. I wonder what, what that's going to lead to because a lot of superheroes did not sign those Accords as far as we know. But Mike, I have a question for you. It might be too obvious. It might be on the head, but I feel like they're making us not trust the director. Um, okay, for one, I'm already... I, when that happened, I was really lost on like the timeline. I'm mm -hmm. like, I thought we were under the impression that she had been doing this for years, mm -hmm. but now it looks more like days. Mm -hmm. um, with the director though, yeah, no, I agree. Because obviously I'm gonna side with Agent Wu. Of course I am. Of course. You know? He was making some good points. Yeah. Like, yes, but he can't, she became an Avenger and used mm -hmm. that to go against, against Ultron. So it, it definitely seems very political. And I mm -hmm. think he's just trying to bend the point of view mm -hmm. uh, for everyone to side with him. And so yeah. I'm like, yep, now automatically I can't trust this guy. But yeah, I think the director's an interesting guy because clearly he has personal ties with Monica. But I, can, I don't know, there's part of me that's like, yeah, I definitely don't trust him. But then another part of me is like, well, is that what is that what Marvel's doing on purpose? Make him a hard ass so that we don't trust him on purpose, but he could be just a dick, but not a bad guy. He's a bad guy, but not a bad guy, you know? Mm -hmm. But we shall see. Can we keep in the next scene, Tommy and Billy find a stray dog named Sparky. Fun fact, Sparky is actually an homage to a, a dog that Vision had in the comics. It was a robotic dog in the comics. And the fate of the dog in the comics is exactly the same fate as the dog in the show. So that's a little nice little touch in addition. Um, Vision noticed that Agnes arrives, Agnes arrives exactly when things are needed. And like, like I mentioned mm -hmm. before, he also starts paying attention to the fact that Wanda is using her magic in front of her. Um, mm -hmm. The kids want to keep the dog. And I like when the parents are like, not till you're 10. So the kid's like, okay, kid logic. No, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. I just love the kid logic. Okay, not till I'm 10, I'll be 10. And they get the dog. Meanwhile, outside, they're still trying to figure out a way to get inside safely. And Darcy officially coins the term hex. And if you guys know from the comics, Wanda's magic is known as hex magic. And I like that they bring up a conversation that a lot of us fans have had many, many times. She brings out and mentions that, yes, if Thanos didn't go all crazy and destroy his own people, Wanda was this close to taking him out to show how powerful Wanda actually is. She was, yeah. she was very close to taking out Thanos. And I like when they mentioned about the fact that both of them, Wanda and Captain Marvel, both got their powers from Infinity Stones. And did you notice, uh, I'll ask you, Mercedes, before I get back into this, did you notice that uh, uh, she felt some kind of way at Captain Marvel's name? Who, Wanda? No, uh, Monica. When Jimmy says, oh, Captain Marvel. She's oh, like, yeah. Like, I, why? Yeah, I totally think she felt some type of way. And I think she felt some type of way because um, I don't, you know, didn't they talk about this in Endgame? Like, hey, where the hell have you been? And I don't think that they are as friendly as, you know. Well, I don't know if you've remembered, but uh, and those of you who are listening, if you haven't remembered, Monica is the little girl in Captain Marvel. So, of course, they kind of bonded. In fact, she's the one that helped her pick a color scheme. Remember, she was greenish mm -hmm. before. Yep. And yep. Monica's the one that helped her pick the color scheme. So I feel like as a kid, she was like, oh, we got close, blah, blah, blah. And then you just never came back again. So I think there's that yeah, childhood. Yeah, that's how I feel. You know, that childhood kind of 
she got left alone and blah blah and then obviously we found out that her mom got sick with cancer you know and she probably felt like you weren't there when mom got sick blah 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 kind of story that's probably definitely gonna be it like she probably didn't come back and there was no way for her or she mm. tried to contact her with that little beacon that she has mm-hmm. and she probably didn't answer mm-hmm. exactly and i think these this these could be things that possibly addressed in captain marvel's sequel I feel like they're just touching on it here, but they won't necessarily go into it here. And the Captain Marvel sequel will probably delve into that. And maybe that's the Captain Marvel sequel, because I'm not sure where it's set. If it's set in the past still, maybe we're yet to see the clash between the two. Right. You know, maybe it's something we haven't seen yet. Monica finds out that uh, Wanda has been rewriting reality. So none of these are illusions. Again, we've seen in the past episodes that what's happened is as things go through the barrier, they are transformed from what they originally are. And I like the fact that she was wearing a Kevlar vest, so her clothes that transformed are also bulletproof. And so it shows that one is that powerful that she can completely rewrite things, not illusions. And uh, Monica mentions one thing. I don't know if any of you guys picked it up, picked up on it. She said, I, I know an aerospace engineer who can help me out. The way that was thrown in, it sounds like that's going to be a character that we either recognize from someone we've seen before or recognize as a superhero that can come forward. So like the only engineers I can think of aerospace right now are probably Shuri and possibly Hank Pym. But if we really want to go out there, are they setting up a Fantastic Four kind of thing? Because Reed Richards is another engineer. Well, yeah. <laughs> this is true. This is the only other engineer was Tony Stark. Like, he's dead. So yep. who is she talking about? We shall find out. Nerdies, oh. let us know who are your thoughts. Who do you think the, the, the aerospace engineer is? I feel like if it, was, if it wasn't someone, they would have said a name. Unless I'm reading too much into things. We shall find out. We catch Vision at his office, at his job, and he's talking to Norm. And everyone's excited because Vision just set up the computers. And I like the line. It's like you know how to talk to them. Because Vision hmm. literally can talk to the computers. And for a moment, Vision uses his hand thingies. We've seen him do that uh, before in Age of Ultron. Is how he, he was able to purge... Ultron from the internet by sticking his hands in his face. He does that to Norm, and for a moment, Norm comes back to reality. And I love how this show does a good job of letting us know time. Because yeah. the first thing Norm does is, Where's my phone? Where's my phone? Yeah. And I love that. You wouldn't say that at that time. Yeah. No, you wouldn't. And there's a great line to throw in because instantly, you can, as the audience, you connect with it. And I think the actor did a fantastic job when he gets snapped back to his fake world. Because, like, Please help me, please help me, please. Hi, how are you doing? Like that switch, so well done. Brilliant. I thought that yeah. was really, really brilliant. Um, but it, I love what he says there because, you know, he says uh, uh, you have to stop her. She's doing this. I think pronouns are very important here because I think it's, they're trying to make us think it's Wanda. But I think if it was Wanda, the writers would have had him say Wanda is doing this. But he just says she, stop her. I think that's very, very interesting. Uh, any of you guys think anything about that? Where that could be? Do you think it's Wanda? Do you think it's not? Well, we we've seen that she does have some control over it. I mean, she can suddenly she can make cuts uh, mm-hmm. based on what's actually being shown on the imaginary camera. Well, that's the question. Is she doing the cuts? We don't know that. Well, I think. I mean, what was it? The the first or second episode when she she, she said no. Check that it, was her check decision. Check. You know. True. So, and then, uh, you know, obviously she can alter how things physically are too when she, you know, sent, uh, uh, sorry, I forgot her name. Monica. Uh, through the wall. Monica, through, yeah. yeah. Monica <laughs> through the wall. Um, so, like, yes, yeah, so she has some control. I see, you know, there is there was always a possibility that it, there's somebody, could somebody else be pulling the strings? Yeah. 
but for now, it's like mm, evidence shows that it's Wanda right now. Um, Vision puts Norm back into his regular state because he feels bad for him. And I like the line, you know, little things like Norm saying, oh my God, I got to call my sister. My daddy's very sick. You know, like little things like that. You're like, damn, that kind of sucks. <laughs> you know, like this guy's been essentially kidnapped from his family and his family probably needs him. Um, back inside this reality, Sparky noticed something outside and realized that Sword has managed to send a drone. Monica wants to talk to Wanda, but Director has other reasons. And without Monica's knowledge, he fires at Wanda, which of course pisses Wanda off. Come, this is someone who well, went to with Thanos. Like, you think yeah. just uh, like a drone's going to take her like that? No, absolutely not. And, he wasn't and, there. Right. There is a perimeter breach. Wanda comes out to give them back their drone. And I like the little touch that her accent comes back. It reminds you that she's actively suppressing the accent. It isn't a mistake by the actor, which is a great little touch. And we see her back in her in her costume, a full superhero costume. Um, she wants to warn them. And and I like the moment where Wanda tries to reason with her, because Wanda says to her, you know, that you are a telepath. You knew on some level who I was and you let me in. So on some level, are you trying to ask for help? You know, and I think there's something to that. You know, I think, and it, it plays into into something that happens later when Wanda says, I'm getting ahead of myself. Wanda says to Vision, I don't know how this all started. And it's something I've always said. I've always said that I, I think she's in somewhat control now, but I don't think she started it. I think she found herself here and thought, this is great. I'm not going to stop it. I think right. she can possibly stop it on some level, but I don't think she started it. Um, which begs my question, I'm going to ask you, Mercedes, how much control do you think Wanda has? I think Mike, Mike's right. She does have a level of control, but how much control does she have? I think Wanda has ultimate control, but the reason why she can't really ultimately control everything is because she is stuck in this amnesiatic state, and we don't know who put her there or whether it was self-imposed. Now, we obviously know this is not following House of M, which makes her fall into her you know, psychotic episode. But it might be very likely that, you know, we saw her go into the, um, the facility to go get Vision's body and she saw what they were doing to him and maybe seeing that all of that, you know, what they did to your, you know, your loved one, you know, that would be so traumatizing. And this is like somebody that's right there that, you know, there's no, literally no degree of separation. Mm -hmm. So that could have been the catalyst to like make her break. But like you said, she doesn't know. So I don't think she I don't think she knows because like if she knew how to control it she, she would stop but I don't think she wants to stop it because she's stuck in wanting to be mm. in this fake happiness yeah. which is where her psychology part mm. comes into it and that's the thing I think I think I'm very much aware I think that she definitely didn't create it but she's happy in this world and she's like if I stop it it's gonna be bad for me I don't mind who so she's just accepting this reality of it and also again context right we see a, vi a video of what looks like her, but it's the Marvel Universe. Do we know it's her that did that? It could be some other kind of person. It could be doctored. Or just like, even if it is her, context means a lot. You know, you can show video footage of Captain America breaking his team out of the raft right at the end of, of Winter Soldier and like, look at him, he's a terrorist. But it's like, with the context, you realize, yeah, but he's doing the right thing in the context. And so I think there's more to that shock than we realize. It's just like, oh, she's breaking in, but what are the reasons? What's the context behind it? Again, right. with Marvel, of course, <clears throat> that's all by design. They want us asking these questions. The bastards. Did you guys notice that uh, two episodes, no, last week's episode, Darcy kept asking for coffee. No one gave it to her. But this week, Jimmy brought her a coffee. It was like a little kind of little touch. Like, oh, here's your coffee. Oh, Finally. yeah. That, that definitely <laughs> right. happened. Yeah. <laughs> and here we get a, another commercial. Again, we see two people who everyone's theorizing it's Wanda and Pietro's parents because it's the same people, same um, 
man and woman in all the commercials. And this time we get a little touch on another piece of trauma. Again, if you guys remember in the beginning of Civil War, it opens with a battle in Lagos, or it can pronounce Lagos, Nigeria. And Wanda tries to stop a, a, a crossbones explosion, sends a bomb up into the air, destroys half a building with people in it. And so I like this commercial. It's like, Lagos, for when you make a mess, you didn't mean to. I was like, <laughs> and it's just of, red. Yeah. It's red, right? It's red. Mm. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> um, Real subtle. Right. Sparky goes missing. Agnes finds him dead. He was eating, was it, was it azaleas or something, plant, something like that? She was, he, she, oh. he, uh, he got in something in the bush. Yeah, yeah, something, something like that. Yeah. Which is, again, in the comics, it was, it's exactly how, how Sparky dies in the comics as well. Um, the boys try to age themselves up from sadness, and Wanda stops them. And here's a little fun fact. The boys are 10 years old at this time, and Wanda and Pietro were 10 when their parents died. And so, so that kind of connection of uh, a sad death has happened to me at 10. Let me age past this. Wanda stops him. It's like, no, you know, don't age past it. Live through this. And I think that's part of the connection because she understands to lose something or someone at that age. And, you know, they want her to bring the creature, the, the, the dog to life. And again, Agnes starts kind of reacting like, yeah, you, you can do it. And it's letting us know, like, wait, why isn't this weird for you, Agnes, that they're having a conversation about bringing something back to life? She's almost like encouraging it. Uh, but Wanda tells uh, the kids like, no, there are rules to some of these things. So I feel like there's a line that Wanda won't cross, it seems. But then if she's saying there's rules, then what, did she bring Vision back to life or does it not count because he wasn't, I don't know. There's so many things to kind of address. But then before that, we get to the one of the final scenes. What aren't you telling me? Vision starts to address the reality. And I love how Wanda tries to end the conversation by rolling the credits. I thought it was a brilliant move. It's like a really meta. It's like, well, and he's like, no, follows her into the room and things like that. Does yeah. a superhero like have this kind of really cool, almost about to fight. I thought about to fight right there. When he kind of lifts up and the end, she mm. lifts up too. I was like, oh shit, they're going to actually fight, fight, fight. Um, and he asks a very, a very smart question. Why are there no other children here? You know, what's going on in this reality? And this way, Wanda admits, to, she starts to admit some of the things, you know, she says she doesn't know how it started. And I actually believe her. I think she doesn't know how it started. And when the yeah. doorbell rings, I like Vision's reaction, where he's, he thinks, oh, you're just trying to change the subject again. And I feel, yeah. again, whether she does that or not, I think she, she was, she's not conscious that she did it. If it was her that kind of brought whoever it is at the door, I don't think she was conscious at that moment. It might have been a reaction. Or, again, whoever's pulling this, the larger strings could have sent that person to distract yeah. from the conversation. Which, again, we come to the very familiar face. We see Pietro. We don't see Aaron Taylor Johnson's version. We see evan peter's version which is interesting for two reasons one because he is the version of quicksilver pietro we've seen in the x-men movies i think days of future past and ongoing some of the, those x-men movies and uh mm -hmm. quick quick recap for those who'd confused about why this is a big deal when marvel sold their rights of characters to fox and sony fox got the fantastic four and spider-man adjacent characters wanda and pietro will and oh they also got the x-men characters and mutants because Wanda and Pietro are mutants in the comics, Fox had them. But because they're also Avengers, Marvel could use them. So both could use the characters. So what makes this interesting is that since Marvel, I mean, Disney purchased Fox, means these characters can all come in the fold. And we've been wanting to see how this could happen over the years. And I guess this is the first tease at it. We've seen Evan Peters as, uh, 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 as Pietro. But, and I like how it can, this also, his uh, uh, reveal also plays into the title of the episode, which is on a very special episode. This is a trope done in sitcoms many times where 
to kind of shake things up, they will bring a long lost relative. Oh, look, it's your brother or it's your uncle. So that was, that's why the name of the episode is this. But I have a question for both of you. I'm going to start with you, Mercedes. There's two trains of thought, right? That this is literally, you know, the, 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 the Pietro from the X-Men universe picked up and brought here. Or the other train of thought, which I subscribe to, is whoever's pulling the strings has created a facade of a different Pietro to mess with everyone's minds. And that's not actually, actually Pietro. So I'm going to ask you first. What are your thoughts? Where do you stand? Well, that threw me for such a loop. But I guess where I stand <laughs> on that is that I do think that, I think that it is the real Pietro. I think that they did the whole joke, like they, like Kat, Dennings being like they recast him I think that may be just like the only kind of nod that they do to it but I feel like they're just they're gonna leave him in here because X-Men days of future past like that has to do with like time travel and like different timelines so maybe we are gonna get like a different Pietro and like something different happen so I'm hoping I'm I'm hoping for a happy ending I don't want her to leave <laughs> the end of this you know WandaVision series so see I think contextually why we see this version of Pietro isn't because of multiverse I think contextually it's because everything has to be era appropriate, right? So the Pietro from the X-Men is the one from the 80s. And the Pietro from Ultron is the one from the sure, contemporary era. That, yeah. So I feel like that's why he's that. They needed an 80s, because we have to remember that everything that comes through becomes an 80s version. So it's like, oh, if you're going to put Pietro here, it's going to be... An... So I think it's more an 80s version of Pietro as opposed to parallel universe Pietro. I think it's a fake out. Mike, where do you stand? It's going to be a little bit of a hybrid because I am on the side of a multiverse. Mm -hmm. From what we know for upcoming projects that we're about to see, especially with Spider-Man and uh, Doctor Strange, we're going to be getting a mix of different timelines of the same character uh, for many different points of the um, movie. So you're right on there with the timeline. This is the same Pietro that we get from the 80s, but... It would also make sense if we stay within that multiverse. I am all for this cross multiverse. I think that's going to be like the theme of this year with many Marvel projects coming up. And I think this is just the hint of it. And it also doesn't completely nix the idea of House of M because if you're involving these X-Men, you're involving Magneto and he can still somehow maybe just a mention, an image, <laughs> they're all together, but there's room for that possibility. And I'm kind of excited for even just the possibility of that. Um, I think Marvel are messing with us with Pietro. I, I, I really I really believe they're like, it was the game. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> like, I feel like the multiverse was, I feel like the multiverse is, is coming, but again, none of this is official. We all know this because we've read into things in multiverse. Marvel, outside of Doctor Strange being titled The Multiverse of Madness, Marvel actually themselves have never said anything. And I feel like they're like, fans are thinking this. But again, we shall see. Uh, I've, over I've overthought a whole bunch of other stuff. Remember, we were thinking, who's the voice on the thing? And it was Jimmy. I would never have thought it was Jimmy. <laughs> like, or like, who's that sort of agent to the thing? And it was Darcy. Who would have thought it was Darcy? Like, right. <laughs> all these things. So, Marvel knows exactly what they what they're doing, and and they can, it could be a scroll. Shit, Jimmy writes on the board scrolls. Uh, right, mark. I know. Yeah. <laughs> we know because we know scrolls have been on Earth since the nineties. That's a fact. Like we've known that from Captain Marvel. So Marvel, mm -hmm. it could go anywhere. And then there's still, for those of you who've been reading the comic, there's still the idea that it could be Mephisto, who's the Marvel incarnation of the devil, who again is is prominent in the in the Wanda narratives in the comics. 
And I like a little touch that the director mentions when he says, uh, does she have an alt? Uh, does she have a, a, a superhero name? And I was like, oh, that's yeah. true. No she's, nothing? Nothing at all? She's not officially the Scarlet Witch <laughs> just yet. And I yeah. wonder if this show is going to end with her officially taking on the moniker of Scarlet Witch. Probably. You know? Because again, there's a witch for a reason. I feel like, I think that Marvel's going to lean into the fact that she has a witch in her name. And I think we're going to go into that kind of magic. And I think whoever's pulling the strings, even if they're the sole controller or they're partially controlling Wanda, I think they're, they're part of that world of magic. Um, we shall find out. We are officially about halfway through the season. A whole bunch of stuff to come through. Next couple of episodes. I'm super excited and I don't know what to think. Me too. Yes. I know. <laughs> I don't know what to think. But I know a battle's coming. Um, hearts yes. will be broken. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping for maybe a happy ending. So there's got, they got to give me a silver lining somewhere. But if not, we have uh, March, March 13th for Winter Soldier and the Falcon to keep it going. So Yes, yes, yes. Hopefully, so. well, the, the, we were supposed to be getting a, a Black Widow in between, but unfortunately, we're not getting that. But I'm excited for, did you see the new trailer for Falcon Winter Soldier? Super Bowl trailer? I, I, yeah, so I was like, okay, I can wait on Black Widow because you just gave me this. It's like, I, I, you gave me a quick hit. Of something right. else, so right. I just take that real fast, and uh, I, I, you know that'll hold you, me over. To kind of sidetrack a bit, I forgot Agent Thirteen was in it. She looks badass in it. I was like, okay, Agent Thirteen, and the Zemo's mask. I like Zemo's line where he says, uh, 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 "My mission is to make sure superheroes don't exist, and my mission still goes on." I was like, yeah, <laughs> like because again, he, he saw the influence in Lagos. He was there in Sokovia. He knows what what. If, oh, mm-hmm. I just realized now that Zemo is a fellow Sokovian with Wanda. I just I never, I never thought about that. <laughs> that they're they're of the same nation. Um, what if Zemo is the wizard behind the curtain? Dun dun dun. Hey, it's Marvel. It could be anything. You know, you know like Z- stranger Zemo. things have happened. Exactly, exactly. Hey, Zemo pretended to be Winter Soldier and killed Black Panther's dad. So this is true. <laughs> anything can happen. We always forget. Like we forget to actually attribute that to Zemo that he killed Black Panther's dad. Not yeah. even though he faked it as Bucky. Anyway. On that note, thank you, Mercedes. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Rocket Mike. Oh, thank you. Thank you, nerdies. This has been an episode of Something <laughs> to Marvel About, and today we spoke about WandaVision Episode 5. Let us know your thoughts, where you think the show is going, how you think it's going to end. Is Vision real? Is Wanda doing it? Is there someone behind the str- behind the curtains pulling the strings? Is that Pietro? Let us know. Find us at The Nerdy Bunch on social media. And as always, Mercedes, Keep it nerdy. Keep it nerdy, kids.